Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are listening to their Burgundy Breakdown podcast with Josh Taylor and Parker Hamlet. What's up, everybody? This is Josh Taylor on the Burgundy Breakdown podcast, joined by Parker Hamlet, and we are fresh off the Race for Chase Bowl. Uh, going to recap the game for y'all. Got some hot headlines coming in for y'all. Uh, but first off, it was, a, it was a hell of a game. It was definitely one that had us on the uh, edge of our seats. But before we jump into the game, we had some good stuff come into uh, tuition before the game. So, Parker, I know we had some uh, storylines building up before the game. And, you know, we kind of talked about, all oh, this is going to be boring with Eli. But Daniel Jones' ankle came out of the grave and said, not so fast. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Gettleman may listen to the pod. I was like, oh. You think your quarterback's hot shit, huh? Well, guess what? Danny Dimes, resurrected. (laughs) (laughs) Two thick ankles is good. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, uh, last week was an exciting game. Uh, Kind of a heartbreaking loss to the Eagles. Dwayne played well. Uh, Terry and, you know, AP continue to play well. They're kind of the race for 1,000. We're the second last game of the year here. You know, everything's finally coming to an end. The sad as it is. Cowboys and Eagles are battling for the NFC East. Meanwhile, we're in the Chase Young Bowl. Giants Redskins both three and eleven. Like you said, Daniel Jones out of nowhere. Um, Eli probably got his last win ever last week with the Dolphins, so good for him, I guess. Hopefully I never have to see him play football again. That's wishful yeah. thinking. Um Things were kind of testy around Redskins Park because everybody really doesn't know whose job is in what position or job security wise and you know, D. Hall hanging out with Bruce Allen saying a bunch of stuff that Bruce Allen would say, I guess, to make us believe that his job security is completely fine. But, you know, with like I said last week, man, when it comes to management, we're not going to do much reporting about that until some moves are actually made because really at this point it's all just speculation. So yeah. um, kind of just a waiting game to the end of the year. But, you know, like I said, it kind of sucks. We're wrapping up the year with Redskins football. Um, exciting game last week. Dwayne's career performance. He won Pepsi. Max Rookie of the Week, so shout out to Dwayne. I know people are probably pissed that he retweeted or even acknowledged it, but um, <laughs> shout out to Dwayne. Um, but you know, going to this game, we're um, I- I'd say banged up. I mean, you know, we already got those people sent to IR. You guys already know who's on IR, but uh, we pretty much played with nothing but corners we signed this week: Quentin Dunbar and Fabian Monroe, inactive. So that was definitely a huge blow. Uh, Giants not only have um. Daniel Jones back in the lineup, but they also had Saquon Barkley back in the lineup, which was very significant and probably and very, pretty much a game-changing uh, circumstances as you'll see very later on. So I, I think the only person they had that was inactive was Wayne Gallon, but who really cares? Yeah, he doesn't do anything. So with, uh, with Saquon back, he's pretty much irrelevant. Yeah, he, he Saquon started off the game with just monster runs, and you know we're arm tackle city, so I mean it was he was having a field day already. Um, I think the Giants' first drive literally only took like three or four plays, and they scored on a huge. Um, touchdown reception to Sterling Shepard. So it looked like it was going to be easy. Um, Dunbar was on the sideline like, guys, please just play better. Like, he's holding the tab, but like, Kirk Cousins, like, guys, come on, man. You, you can't just let – you can't be that easy, but it was that easy all day, unfortunately. So Yeah, Saquon just pisses me off. Like, who does he think he is? Like, he's nothing special. We pretty much look exactly the same. Like, same body type. <laughs> I Bill, mean, I'm going to go ahead and say this, and people, people are probably going to cap me on this, but um, no homo. Dude's got the nicest calves I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. um, quads, I mean, that, quads for days. Yeah, that dude's a that dude's a specimen, man. Like like That's we said, it. he he had a very dominant start to the game. Um, we got the ball back and uh, already down seven nothing in what felt like a thirty second drive. Um, you know, a, a lot of people going into this game were really wondering how it was going to look. You know, Dwayne versus Daniel Jones. Um, and uh, 
we started off pretty good. Uh, we started off pretty up tempo. Uh, he was finding guys like Sims and Harmon. They started off drive with a couple run plays. I was like, oh God, right back to run, run pass. I guess Callahan's taking the reins again. But then, you know, he eventually started clicking, finding his receivers downfield. Um, we were getting within the red zone, and then I, I think I put the clip on the page. Um, Dwayne kind of scrambles on a third and three, rolls out left, and finds Sim open in the end zone, ties it up seven seven. So in the battle of the first round picks, uh, we, we were off to a pretty hot start. It looked like it was gonna be a shootout. Yeah, so good, Dolan. But that throw by Haskins on the run is like everything in the world you want to see. And then Sims coming up big and making a catch that Trey Quinn could dream of. Yeah. Uh, it's, just, <laughs> it's just everything that we wanted to see. But this was definitely like Sims' like coming out game, too. Oh, absolutely. I think he's been targeted 21 times in the last three games. So shout out to KOC, Callahan, everybody that's involved in the offense for finally finding the kid and you know, giving him the reps. And we got some in slot next year, guys. I don't know what the future entails for maybe a guy like Trey Quinn, like you said. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's good to see Sims, you know, coming out and, and having a couple of really good, solid performances in a row. So, but uh, unlike the offense, the defense did not show up to play <laughs> whatsoever. Saquon is just running past people like he's playing on rookie mode in Madden. Um, like I said, arm tackle galore. I don't know the exact, uh, like, miles per hour or, you know, yard distance of the run, but um, he just freaking jetted past everybody. And Giants go up 14-7. So, we got a high-scoring game very early. And, um, you know, I, I, I did notice early that um, Daniel Jones wasn't really having to do much. Don't get me wrong, he ended up having a monster performance. But, I mean, early in this game, he was just a guy handing off Saquon other than Sterling Shepard touchdown reception. So, But yeah. I think early on he was 3-for-3, three three, Haskins was 8-for-8. Eight eight, so, but we get the ball right back, you know, we keep moving it, playing well, run a couple of trick plays. I think one of them was like a pitch to Chris Thompson and then in round to Sims for a huge gain. So both teams are pretty, you know, depleted. I mean, uh, Giants are starting De- corner DeAndre Baker, who's been facing a lot of scrutiny throughout the year, you know, rookie. And, the, you know, like we said last week, they traded Janoris Jenkins. So both defenses, I, I definitely would give the the worst defense on the field card of the Redskins today, but both defense definitely weren't um, looking too hot coming into the game. I mean, their, their defensive lines got freaking Leonard Williams, a couple other notable names. So, I, I mean, you know, I, I just want to point it out that, you know, while Saquon and Daniel Jones did have good games, that our defense did absolutely did not show up to play whatsoever. No, not at all. We were, I mean, we pretty much showed up in wheelchairs and even the guys <laughs> filling in like Danny Johnson got hurt throughout the game. So yeah, he's been definitely. getting picked on too. Yeah. Um, but we get like I said, we get the ball back and um we start moving it and uh Cam Sims goes up, just absolutely steals it from a Giants player. Um we ended up uh we're in scoring position to enter the second quarter. Um, you know, Dwayne at this point is eight for eight, and like I said, Daniel's three for three. They both have perfect quarterback ratings going into the second quarter as well. Um then second and goal. Um you might know a little bit more a little bit more about this guy than me. Um Haskin finds hint hinches. Hail Hinters. Yeah, yeah. Isn't he Alabama alumni? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. tell us a little bit more of that guy. I mean, I didn't even know he was on the roster until he got the touchdown. <laughs> well, we signed him like three weeks ago, I think. And I saw somebody tweet that someone at the stadium actually had a Hail Hinges jersey. It had to be his family. It had to be his family. I it wasn't me, it was. so. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, good for him getting his first career touchdowns. Yeah. Good on Haskins being able to, like they said earlier, Haskins was passing to a lot of different people throughout most of the drives. Um, uh, he did kind of take advantage of a. Uh, Old ancient Antoine Buffet over there, but um, I mean, good good for Hinches, you know, good moment, you know, we're tied fourteen all. Game's exciting, you know. It, it's kind of funny how late in December, with really nothing on the line other than draft pick, to see a game start off like this. I mean, the commentators were salivating. We were getting hype. Uh, it, it, you know, 
I was just really excited to see how this would turn out because, you know, everybody knows the backstory with uh, Dwayne Haskins and the um, New York Giants. Everybody thought he thought he was going there for sure. And then there's the infamous gif of him shaking his head when they took Daniel Jones. So plenty of storylines going into this game, like I put on the page. I mean, this is the start of a very, very long rivalry between the two. So, yeah. And just like what we saw from Haskins this game, you know, obviously he gets hurt and had a short exit. But like on that last touchdown to Hale Hinges, like if you break it down, like, that play is designed to go in the flats to Burton, the fullback, which thankfully he didn't do. But you see, like, the corner follow Terry, and, and Haskins just got aggressive and just threw it in the back corner to Hale Hinges, like you said. He, that was his first career touchdown in the NFL, obviously. So just Haskins having that aggressiveness and, like, you know what, I'm not going to just settle for some throw in the flats like I'm sure Bill Callahan was expecting me to do. Um, but just – Throwing it out there, just showing what he can do. Like he, I, I was just so upset when he got hurt because he, this game was about to be a duel between him and Daniel Jones. Oh yeah, Abs- absolutely. And we'll get more to his injury a little bit later. But like you said, at this point, it was it was a duel. Both teams had the, actually the same amount of yards when uh, both teams had scored fourteen points around that time. So um, Montez Sweat, though, um, I'm not gonna say much about the defense in this game, but I will say the guys <laughs> like Montez Sweat were absolutely flying around. You know, they're dropping him in coverage twenty four seven. I actually think there was one point where I feel like. DC media, Twitter, everybody was even, you know, Fox had to point out that he was literally lined up covering a slot corner. And I, I mean, he was lined up pretty much as a slot corner. Um, and I know that you have a problem with these guys lining up in coverage, but um, I will say that he definitely makes the best of his situations. And I mean, it's no surprise due to his athleticism. I mean, coming out of the combine, his intangibles were absolutely nuts, but he was put in some pretty bad positions very early in the game. I will say, because, I mean, I was tweeting about Minuski almost the entire half. I, I, I blew my mind that he was even the defensive coordinator going in the second half because of how easy the Giants were making him look on offense. I mean, Saquon literally ran later on this drive. Saquon literally ran right down the seam through two defenders. No one near him and scored. I mean, he, he on a receiving touchdown, he ended up finishing the game with around 90 receiving yards. I mean, he literally ran through the entire defense. No one accounted for him. Um, now, I will say that I saw Kyle and a couple of you tweeting that it was kind of Landon's responsibility to take the safety. But, you know, like we're going to hear every time that the Redskins screw up in the secondary like this, they're just like, oh, there's miscommunication. We're going to correct it. We're going to come at it next week. I'm honestly just used yeah. to hearing it. Like I said, it's the token phrase at this point in the secondary. It's got to get better. Hopefully next year it does get better. You know, cross your fingers. But um, Giants were just having their way with this early. They go up 21-14. So. Yeah, the secondary is just – and there's a couple times like, he said, you don't know whether it's Collins or it's communication or what, but guys are just, especially that one, there's literally three guys covering the, uh, I think it was like the slot receiver coming across the middle. There's literally three guys on them. Yeah. Was, oh, like one of us isn't supposed to be. Here. Yeah. Saquon made the best of it. He ran right there, everybody. Everybody knows he's a freakish athlete. He can totally catch as we've seen. I mean, he's, He's a lot like a Christian McCaffrey type. He can run it. He can catch. He can do everything you ask him to do. That's kind of why they took him so high, even though they had other glaring needs on the board. Saquon's just that kind of player. So, um, But uh, up to this point, Dwayne Haskins was perfect. Uh, hadn't had one incompletion. Um, threw one to Terry. Terry didn't really get back to it in time. So that was, that was Dwayne's first incompletion on the day right before halftime. Um, then I, I'd say our offense kind of started to hit the hit the wall, hit the ceiling a little bit. Um, Marcus Golden and Leonard Williams absolutely were decimating Dwayne on this drive, who had to pretty much force the ball early, and uh, we had our first three and out of the game. So, um, but um, you know, the Giants didn't really take too much advantage of it because uh, Jonathan Allen, Sean Deion Hamilton, and Lana Collins light up the deep, uh, the Giants' run game on third and one. Um, 
which was honestly kind of surprising to see due to the fact that we were literally last in the league on third down. And for the defense to make a big play like that, we're kind of not used to them blowing up the run like that as of late. But it was good. So team exchanged the first three and outs with about three minutes left till halftime, ironically, and Dwayne takes over. Um, another three and out, Giants get the ball. You know, it was a lot of three and outs kind of right before halftime. Um, now, one of the plays that I wanted to take note of and kind of talk about, because I feel like this is something that needs to be – something that's in the air and kind of needs to be cleared up, is that um, Daniel Jones, when they got the ball back right for halftime, pretty much falls down, sacks himself. And I, 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 we got to talk about this play. Daniel Jones kind of falls down and sacks himself. And Deron Payne doesn't know he's down. And Sean Deon Hampton doesn't know he's down because he doesn't give himself up. He gets right back up after not being touched and then keeps running because everybody knows you've got to at least put a hand on the defender to mark them down. But, yeah. like, you know, Deron Payne then started to bring him down. And then Sean Deon Hampton comes in and hits him. And then I swear to God, Giants fans were having seizures because they were like, illegal <laughs> hit, illegal hit. Dude, I've never played a football at a collegiate or professional level. But at the end of the day, one thing that is echoed, one sentiment that is echoed throughout pretty much every locker room and, you know, it was one of the just the main things in football is play to the play to the whistle. Yeah, and they were not blowing plays dead. This was a problem, and I'm going to say it more than once throughout the game. They did not blow the play dead, so they didn't give up on the play, just like Daniel didn't give up on the play. I don't understand why quarterbacks have this aurora about them where they can't be hit. But at the end of the day, if he had ran right past them, um, Minuski would have been on their ass. Yeah, this is like the weekly unnecessary roughness, like just terrible call against the Redskins. I'd say the last like four weeks we've had one. Oh, absolutely. It's becoming a trend. That's kind of obnoxious. Like, it's it, there's always one call, like, right at the beginning of the game when things are really heated that kind of sways the momentum towards the other team. And, you know, I mean, the Giants already were facing pretty much a practice squad defense without, you know, in the secondary. So, I mean, I, they were already moving the ball in as well. So, for us to get calls like that definitely wasn't helping us in any way, shape, or form. So, Daniel Jones shouldn't act like Michael Vick. If he doesn't want to get hit, that, that's exactly what I've got to say. And and later in the in the injury, later in the um, pod, we'll talk a bit more about Dwayne's injury. And I feel like that they could have applied this logic to Dwayne as well, but they didn't. But um, right for halftime, Jones finds Cody Latimer and kind of looked like a zig to the left side for a touchdown. The Giants go up twenty eight fourteen with um thirty eight seconds left in the half. So I mean, it's they're they're kind of pulling ahead of us a little bit. Doesn't look too good. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, Saquon has, like, 800 yards at this point. Yeah, it's his final stat line is absolutely <laughs> Oh, dude. So. He won a lot of championships in fantasy this weekend. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think he I, I think he finished with, like, 90 or so receiving yards, 180 yards, or rushing on, like, 20-some carries. It was absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. But, um, like I said, at halftime, it was uh, 28-14. Um, but come third quarter, Redskins come out. Um, Lorenzo Carter, who was playing like Aaron Donald in this game, absolutely comes in. And decimates Dwayne, who's already getting his bad ankle twisted by um who was it? Marcus Golden. Yeah. Um, and like I said earlier with Daniel Jones, they did not blow the play dead. So Marcus Golden had Dwayne's ankle wrapped up. Dwayne was pretty much the play was already over and they didn't blow the whistle. And then freaking Lorenzo Carter comes in, does not get a penalty for this, comes in and just twists Dwayne and slams him and pushes his head in the dirt and everything, and they don't get a call. So at that point I was pretty frustrated. And I mean, this was also the same. This is the same, you know, league where they penalized us last week for um, what hitting Carson Wentz too low, and then yeah, the same things happening to Dwayne here. What'd you say? So yeah, and we it wasn't even close. Like it was nothing compared to this call at all. Like we hit Carson Wentz in his lower back, and this was like straight up on Dwayne Haskins' ankle. Yeah, you could see you could see him tackling the ankle, and you could see that he clearly couldn't go anywhere. And then Lorenzo comes in, gets a cheap ass hit, pushes him in the dirt. 
it makes it a hundred times worse and, and there's no flag or anything. So this ended up being pretty costly to the Redskins and pretty much I would say cost of this game despite the end result. But Dwayne got carted off the field, ankle injury, questionable return. Didn't look good. He'd already had a nagging ankle injury that he uh, suffered. It was either, I, I want to say it originated in the uh, Carolina Panthers game and it only got worse in the Green Bay game. And it was nagging a little bit last week in Philly. So it's it, it, it was a luring issue. Um, but injuries seem to be a, a trend in this game. Case Keenum, you know, which made me want to throw up, comes into the game. <laughs> and then speaking of injuries, like I just said, Morgan Moses goes down with a hyperextension. So Case Keenum's got poor drawing Christian blocking for him. So I'm like, okay, you know, if you're in the let's lose this for Chase Young crowd, which I definitely turned into and I look like a huge hypocrite by the end of this game. Um, you know, if you're part of that crowd, you were definitely thrilled. because like, oh, my God, Case is going to come in, stink it up. We get the second overall pick. Um, everybody wins. Dwayne had a good game. Hopefully he's not hurt too bad. Um, but you know, like I said, it was, I definitely switched. I, I definitely understood the Burgundy blogs, you know, ideology and, and more so of that as the further this game pro- progressed to me, it was kind of a nightmare situation. You have Case Keenum come in. Now you finally start moving the ball and you find, well, I wouldn't say finally, but you start moving the ball and you tie the game up and, I know you weren't watching it live, but I, I texted you and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, could you imagine if we lose out on Chase Young? Because, <laughs> because Case West Keenum Case comes Keenum. in and rallies against the Giants. But like, And to me, like, I was like, okay, like, I think I think by, like, the end of the season, like, I think we're going to hang on to Case Keenum just because we got him so cheap. Oh, yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm like, hey, if anything, his trade stock is increasing right now, like – that's fine. We can trade him somewhere for like a seventh round pick. I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, I saw JP tweet something along the. I saw I saw Case Keenum tweet something along the lines of, um, "What is it? He was surprised that teams weren't trading for him before the deadline just because of his experience." And I, and even though I was kind of hip, I was kind of critical of that. I kind of understand it now. Like you said, he did nothing to help his trade stock out. Dude got benched for a rookie who hadn't really had much experience in the NFL or in football in general, and he took it pretty well. I mean, he had his moments where he started hissy fits, but overall, I mean, he's he's shown he's a pro, and, you know, good for him coming in the game, and despite me, you know, really disliking him, good for him coming in and doing what he was supposed to. Yeah, we can keep it as a backup for cheap, and, I mean, Colt McCoy is pretty much handicapped for the rest of his life and football career, so I see us hanging on to Keenum for a little bit. If we trade him, so what? But if not, we can at least hang on to Case for a little bit longer. Another good thing about Case um, coming in is at least Terry McLaurin could pad his stats. So, I mean, that was another thing. I was like, okay, cool. You know, maybe AP and them can score some meaningless points. I don't think we're going to be in a position in this game. But the nightmare unfolded. But, uh, <laughs> Redskins uh, running some more trick really late with a reverse from Sims to Harmon, who then threw probably the most underthrown pass of all time. Oh, my God. Jesus, I, I I don't know how this ball got to him. I really don't. That was a duck shot down, like <laughs> terribly. Yeah, and then uh, that's what Mitch Trubisky's accurate passes look like. Oh yeah, that, he gets a clean pocket. That's the best you're getting. <laughs> uh, I mean, R.I.P. to Mitch. I mean, he got absolutely buried on Sunday Night Football. I think Mahomes thought of forty different gang signs to throw up to make fun of them for drafting him over. Yeah. I mean, Mitch over R.I.P. Him. Oh, God. I saw a dude there in a Mahomes jersey and like a Bears Mahomes jersey. I was like, "What kind of weirdo do you got to be to?" That's that's a weird flex. <laughs> that is weird. Like, dude, that is so like out there. Like, that's not even like one of the most well-known draft stories in sports. It's like this dude no. dedicated his time to go get a Patrick Mahomes jersey and then go to a Bears game to wear it. It's like, it, okay, if it's that deep, bro, I don't even know why you're at the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You gotta switch fan bases if you're that caught up in it. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's that's dedication to being kind of weird. But anyway, um, we ended up getting paid during this drive. Stevie Sims, I w- I want to say it was the second touchdown 
Yep. Um, closed it within seven, 28-21. Um, but, you know, Sims, dude, I, I, we were talking about him earlier. What a day. Finishes with six catches for 64 yards, two touchdowns. He's becoming that guy we can really rely on. He ran a great, great fake left, cut inside, and, you know, Kudos to Case for putting the ball over the linebacker and putting it exactly where it needed to go. So we were within one score and all I could – I wish I had a meme of, like, um, Chase Young being blipped by Thanos with, like, the snap turning into ash. <laughs> Good news is, is that the, the Giants didn't get too caught up. Uh, Saquon ran past everybody, you know, like butter, and you know, like he'd been doing the whole game. Um, had no neighbors chasing down the field. He's carrying the ball like a loaf of bread, like LaShawn McCoy in one hand. Um, Giants make it easy. They score again. Um I think Monte ran faster away from Saquon after the play was over than he did to try to actually tackle him. I think that was probably one of the worst tackle attempts I think I've ever seen Here. by Monte Nicholson. Yeah. Um, I, I can't really see a position where he's in FedEx next year. But, I don't you know. know. Like he, if he is, then he's, he's, he's definitely way down the depth chart. Absolutely. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, I think Troy Apke would have done the same thing he did. I hate, <laughs> I, I hate to be that way. But Troy Apke is a new level. Yeah, Giants go up 35-21. Um, Poor Case Keenan was getting eviscerated just like Haskins was in the game. So, um, Keenan missing Sims deep, ended up going three and out. So, Case Keenum does continue his uh, his his notoriety for being the worst deep throwing quarterback probably in the NFL. <laughs> um, he's pretty. He he's if there's a if there was a statistic for like fuck it throws, him and Winston would be like him. Winston and Fitzpatrick would be top three. <laughs> Winston's the god of epic throws. Dude, oh my god. I remember I, I was literally on the way to my girl's mom's house and I, I watched like the first five minutes of that game and I when I turned it on it was like almost like he they, they he'd already thrown his second pick six and it was literally within the first five minutes. I was like, what the hell is James <laughs> doing? Oh my god. He said, Y'all wanna keep me long term? Watch this. Yeah, watch this. You're gonna see the good and the bad. Are you making a mistake? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um we go into the fourth quarter and then the god reemerges. Um, the dark night of DC. Yeah. No, not Josh Norman. Nate Orchard, dude, love blocks the point. I obviously freaked out because I'm the biggest Nate Orchard stand to. Ever. No, Pete Haley is the biggest Nate Orchard stand I've ever seen. I literally tweeted him when it happened. Pete Haley, I, I, I guarantee he was on the sideline crying. <laughs> <laughs> like no doubt in my mind. Pete's got but, to get a tattoo. Oh yeah, I mean that dude. You know. I, I think he was with the Browns. We picked him up. I don't really know his whole story. Uh, we, I know we, we're trying to get him on the pod, but um, I will say, you know, he's come in, man, and, and made the best of pretty much every opportunity he's been given up to this point. So I can't remember the last time we blocked a punt like that. I can't remember the last time a punt was blocked in the NFL, like period, man. Yeah. I mean, it's happened a lot this year, but definitely for the, not for the Burgundy and Gold. So, no. But, you know, thanks to Nate Orchard, puts us in great field position. AP scores his record-breaking touchdown, puts it within seven within uh, 14 minutes of play. Um, AP had an all right day, about 60 or so yards on the ground. Um, this, this one, uh, put him, I think he surpassed Walter Payton on the rushing touchdown list. Yep. So shout out to AP. Congrats, man. You're the best. One of the goats. So, um, I will say extra point, Mr. Sunberg snapped the ball. Uh, if you haven't already <laughs> vote Sunberg, Walter, what is it? Walter Payton man of the year. Yeah. yeah thank you. Nice little... now. Yeah. He's second at right behind Kyle Rudolph, but I've seen Redskins nation tweeting a lot. So you guys keep hitting with that hashtag and, Maybe we can catch up because I think Nick totally deserves it. He's been great for the community, great for the team, great for the franchise. Screw Kyle Rudolph's charity. We're, we're voting for uh, Nate. Yeah. yeah, who's Kyle Rudolph? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
kind of cool on the sideline to see AP dabbing up with his teammates. And I saw that he was on the bench talking to Dwayne, who was dancing. So I feel like Dwayne could have came back in this game, but it was it was definitely nice to see this, the team shut him down and not risk his long-term health. And it was also nice to see him on the sideline, you know, with his morale high. So it was a feel-good moment, you know, within seven. So um, I think – didn't did he hit 1,000 yards with this run? I want to say he did. AP? Because AP's at 820. Oh, AP's at eight twenty. Okay, yeah. I don't know why they said a thousand on the on the broadcast. Yeah. I, I wrote that down. I didn't call that. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Terry's at nine nineteen. Terry's really close. Yeah, him and AJ Brown are absolutely having a, just a bar fight for best rookie receiver right now. Yeah. Um, but Giants get the ball back, and a lot like we were talking earlier with the refs not knowing how to blow a damn play dead. Saquon looked like he was pretty much done. The play was over. He gets out and freaking, you know, has a huge run. Um, I don't understand how the NFL can continue to punish people for playing to the whistle. Um, It really doesn't make much sense to me at all. No. Especially with someone like Saquon Barkley. Like, yeah, you have to – there has to be every person on the field that can tackle him as if you tackle him or else he'll make – he can turn nothing into something real quick, turn an inch into a mile at the blink of an eye. So, and it's not Colvin. Colvin's not the guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's just helping the guy. Yeah, I mean, I will say though that um, that I did kind of respect them for one of the calls that they had. Um, I wouldn't say the calls, but one of the decisions they made a little bit later on this drive. Um, Will Hernandez and the Redskins defense got into a little bit of a scuffle on a hit on Daniel Jones, which was completely legal. But anytime you see a team react emotionally like that and it ends up turning into a fight, normally the refs kind of side with the teams that are freaking out and like, oh yeah, why did you hit him so hard? Oh my god. Yeah. So it, I, I was glad the refs took to their guns, let them play football in that instance. So I mean, there was there was some good, there was some bad. Um, speaking of the good, um, Giants ended up going three and out. Lane pushed Saquon out of bounds. Um, they somehow were in field goal range. Nick Rosa, who looks like a linebacker, was uh, lining up to kick a 53-yarder. I never heard much of Nick Rosa. but um, dude, He just tatted up. <laughs> yeah, dude. I swear, he looked, I, he looked like a character off the longest yard. Like, I was like, what the hell is this guy? Out of prison last week. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, I was like, what the hell? I was like, who the hell is this guy? Like, I've seen him before, but I, I don't know why I took more note of him this time. But he, he was lining up like he was about to bomb it. Um, shanks it wide left, so we're within one score. In the Chase Young Bowl with Case Keenum under center, you know, putting ourselves in position to tie it up and lose the second overall draft pick, which was complete nightmare fuel. I know I've criticized Burgundy. I, I, I'm going to say this as much as I can in this pod. I've criticized Burgundy Bog. I've criticized a lot of fans for wanting to lose. But at this point, you know, Redskins talking a couple other pods like, oh my God, you know, Case Keenum coming back in after being benched to lead. The Redskins, the victory is a great story. I'm like, oh no. I was like, if that's the narrative, I want to lose. No. Yeah, this ain't the storyline. No. <laughs> no, it's not the storyline, but people were going to make it the storyline. That's why I was like, please lose, please lose, please lose. Yeah. So call me hypocrite. Call me whatever you want. I, I think Chase Young or having the number two of our draft pick is way more important than Case Keenan winning a meaningless game against <laughs> Daniel Jones. I mean, if this was Haskins in the game, I definitely would have been a lot more emotionally invested. But to see Keenum come in and, you know, finally stop pouting. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like if you're pro Case Keenum, this was your this was your game. So. Um, 11-20 left, one-score game, skins take over. Um, then Case Keenum reminds us who he is and has probably one of the worst illegal forward pass plays I think I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, he's he's scrambling around, yeah. runs past the line of scrimmage, runs this highlight, <laughs> and then tries to throw the ball. I'm like, Case, what the hell are you doing? He ran like five yards beyond, beyond the line of scrimmage. He's like, yeah, then yeah, ran he back, back like a moron. <laughs> like, this reminded me of the Miami game where it's just like near the end where it's like, dude, are you trying to lose this game? Because that's what it felt like. Yeah, that was terrible. 
So I saw another little interesting statistic. Once the Giants got the ball back, that the Redskins actually have the most rookie starting in the NFL this season, which is absolutely awful. Um, we also, I mean, but even our players that have some experience were doing just egregious things. Monte, probably the worst safety I've ever seen in Burgundy and goal. Um, I, I don't know what the schematics of this play were, but they dropped Ryan Anderson in coverage on Golden Tate, and Monte wasn't anywhere near him. So, yeah, I mean, at, at this point, I was like, Giants, please score a touchdown and end this shit. Like, I just, I want this to be over. I want to set the second overall pick. You guys can have this meaningless win. That's fine. We're out of playoff contention. Haskins is out. I, I just want this to be over. So, um, I will say one of the little cools by one of the little cool plays I saw by a guy that I've been very critical up to this point was Landon. Yep. He had a cool little uh, forced fumble um, on Daniel Jones, where Daniel was pretty much going down, giving himself up in a way. Instead of going in and just absolutely trying to give the dude CTE, he just kind of <laughs> peanut punches the ball out. <laughs> Nothing really came of it, but I thought that was a nice little play. Kind of shows what Landon can do. Yeah, um, the uh, Giants had a offensive tackle that was that athletic that could just chase down a fumble like that. But dude, it's... I swear we have like the worst luck on the planet with recovering fumbles. Like it's. Oh, yeah. We got it's got to be like a record or something, but um, they always they're the wrong way. Yeah, their punter absolutely bombs it, Trustway style, down to the one. So I'm like, all right, we're backed up on our own one, depleted offense. <laughs> um, this is where they pretty much either get a safety or they get the ball back with good scoring position. They'll probably kick a field goal or something, make it a two score game in the game. Well, no, Tatum <laughs> and his nonsensical heroics out of nowhere, <laughs> huge catches by your boy from Bama, um, then Sims McLaurin. Um, McLaurin then was at uh, 81 yards on the day with six catches. Um, Jeremy Sprinkle also at this point um, went out with a head injury, so prayers up for that guy. Um, so they get within the red zone, and then Terry McLaurin was probably one of the biggest holy shitty caught that catches I think I've ever seen. Um, he absolutely mossed the DBBO from the Giants. I mean, but when he went down, absolutely just ricocheted his head off the ground. Yeah. And it, it was it was an ugly landing. I wasn't following the Giants DB. He was just trying to tackle and bring him down. That's just football. But a really ugly landing for Terry. Um, Terry ended up going over to the blue tent, getting looked at. Um, kind of took the refs forever to say that this call was, you know, going to stand. But, you know, thankfully it stood. Um, but they did say that it ended up being a head and shoulder injury for Terry. So it looked like his status to return, a lot like Dwayne's, was kind of up in the air. Um Offense looks like shit on a couple plays, and Terry goes back in looking like he knows he's going to catch the game-winning touchdown. <laughs> uh, um, then the most Case Keenum play of all time happens. Um, Case runs, gets to like the two or the one-yard line, fumbles the ball in the end zone, um, looks like he's short, loses possession, then Wes Martin hops on it. They, they ruled a touchdown. I think they ended up giving um, Case Keenum the credit for the touchdown because he was already down. Um, but it would have been kind of cool for Westmore to get his big man touchdown. But you know. <laughs> I was holding so bad. Like I think I Mitch Tissler so would have pissed his pants. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but then one of the more I'm, – I'm really glad we didn't. Um, one of the bigger decisions of the game was, you know, 34-35, you know, you're not playing for anything other than draft position. You go for two in a game where your defense hasn't been able to stop a nosebleed. Um, they chose to not go for it. Kind of glad we don't have one of those logistic departments because if we had gone for two and got it, I don't really – the, the Giants ended up not scoring when they're following drives. So it was that was a big decision in the game. I know a lot of people were very critical of Callahan for it. So, uh, but we tied up 35 35. And like I said, they failed to get a field goal. And since this, since the Chase Young Bowl, battle for Chase Young to overtime, I don't think anybody saw that coming. I don't think either one of us pictured this team dropping 35 points. Heck so. no. <laughs> no yeah. I so I was I like, Giants, please win the toss. Giants, please win the toss. <laughs> 
Um, at the exact same time, the uh, the the other bowl of like the two worst teams in the NFL is also going to overtime, tied at thirty five, which is like really weird. Yeah, um, the Bengals were, I think, getting absolutely clapped by the Dolphins, and um, they ended up coming back. So all the teams that are pretty much in the contention for the top four picks in the draft next year are just going at it. Huge, major draft implications on the line. So but it's like crazy because like, if the Bengals would have won then we would have still stayed at, like, three or four for the pick because, like, the Dolphins would have, like, fallen. Oh, yeah. So I, was, I was freaking out looking at that score. They, I was were, like, if... they were down, like, with, like, 30 seconds left. They scored 16 points in, like, 16 seconds or something, like, ridiculously weird. Yeah, it, it was bizarre. Yeah. And, you know, like, I was like, please let us win the toss. I mean, please let them win the toss and get the ball marched. I don't feel like they did. That's exactly what they did. Um, Giants get the ball. March all the way down the field. Um, Saquon scores the game winner. He finishes with 22 carries for 189 yards, 8.6 yards a carry, one rushing touchdown. Also, 90 receiving yards. Jones finishes on the day, 28 for 42, 352 yards and five touchdowns. Um, something that I want to point out that not a lot of people are talking about, some Giants fans were being kind of – had a little t- bit too much dip on their chip going into this game when it came to Darius Slayton. I love Darius Slayton. He's had a good year up to this point. But to say that he's a better receiver than Terry McLaurin is honestly comical, and Darius finished the day with absolutely no yards and no catches. So, something I just want to throw out there. Yeah, and he, on a depleted team, he had zero stats. Yeah, so. But also, shout-out to Case Keenum for uh, – well, shout-out to the Giants for saving Case Keenum from being the most hated Redskins quarterback in, you know, NFL history for pretty much costing us a second overall pick in a meaningless game. So, we, we, we dodged the bullet there. Um but after the game, there was definitely plenty to talk about due to the fact that Dwayne Haskins was down, you know, first overall, 15th overall pick in the draft, franchise, future franchise quarterback. Speaking of future franchise quarterback, I'm really glad that people are finally starting to have the discussion of can we please stop talking about drafting a quarterback now because I, I don't know why those conversations were ever having, happening to begin with. Like I tweeted during the game, man, I really, like, the thing that frustrated me the most about Dwayne, I know I was biased and I wanted us to draft him, but at the same time was that we were not coaching him up. We weren't giving him a chance to develop none of that. So when you actually get a head coach in there, unlike Jay, that wants to actually give Dwayne a chance, build and tailor an offense around him, it, it's crazy what results can happen. So one good thing about Dwayne about going to next year is that next year is that, you know, he's definitely the, the franchise quarterback. He's definitely who we're going to try to build around. So that was definitely a promising and positive thing coming out of the game. But like I said, a lot of eyes on Dwayne. Um, Apparently, right after his injury, Dan Snyder came down and told him not to play the rest of the game. Uh, when Dwayne said this in the post-presser, it kind of turned a lot of heads. Everybody's like, what do you mean Dan told you? <laughs> um, the Redskins, you know, I think they kind of felt the RG3 uh, PTSD coming in and said, oh, no, no, Dan didn't tell him that. Dan told him to listen to medical staff, which I'm glad they clarified on that. I'm glad Dwayne clarified on that because if that wasn't the case and it was all up to Dan, then that definitely would have put a lot of scrutiny and criticism on Dan. God knows he's got enough already as it is. So. Yeah. Um, that was kind of weird to see because I don't recall that. Like, even him coming down and telling him to listen to the medical staff, like, I don't know the last time that's happened. Probably was, like, RG3. But Yeah, and I mean, I, as much as people want to say that, you know, it, it was a negative thing if that is how it went down, even though they clarified, I, I do want to say that I thought it was very big of Dan to do that. Yeah. And I thought it was very smart of Dan to do that because he knows, like we know and everybody who kind of had to convince me of that this game – really all it had was draft implications. I mean, Dwayne does not to be out there putting his body on the line, possibly put himself in a position to get injured further for next season to where he's not available for next season. For what? For for a lost season? I mean, he's already proven that he can play. He's already proven – I mean, he hasn't proven everything, but, I mean, he's proven that he's at least 
got the keys to the kingdom for next season, and he's going to be starting quarterback going into the next year. So I, it, it, I think it shows a lot of Dan's character for him to go down there and, you know, protect his quarterback like that. And it shows a lot. It shows that the organization thinks a lot of him, and that's definitely a good thing. Yeah, no, I, I liked it because, I mean, we all hear the crap where people saying, oh, front office or your head coach didn't want to draft you. And it was just good reassurance to see that, like, we people in the front office have hope for Haskins. Yeah, hope and, you know, some would say common sense. Uh, speaking <laughs> of those that don't have common sense, uh, when Callahan asked, was asked about the injury postgame, I don't know the extent of Dwayne's injury, but uh, which I, I can't really say I expected him to say anything else. But um, He's like, who's hurt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, speaking is. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Bill Callahan's uh, dementia post-game comment of the week, um, said that he trusted the defense and was quote-unquote confident that we were going to make a stop before overtime because the guys were playing so hard. Oh, yeah. What? (laughs) 35 points, 300 yards passing, four touchdowns. We did not sniff a stop on defense in this game. Like, I I don't think I've ever had just – like, I hardly have any notes on the defense for this game, other than the fact that Montez Sweat played hard and Landon had a couple cool plays. That's literally all I took note of. Like, the defense was a complete non-factor. It was like a damn marathon for, for Saquon the entire game. Yeah, I mean, the Giants absolutely yeah. had their way. And, and to me, I know we're recording on Monday, day before Christmas, meet, Christmas Eve, but to me, it's just absolutely amazing. And I tweeted this during the game that Minuski still has his job. Now – don't get me wrong. The injuries have been bad, but at what point is that not an excuse anymore? I mean, guys yesterday were in no position to make plays. They looked completely lost. They didn't look like they even remotely were trying. Like I said, other than a few plays that I noted during the pod, I mean, other than that, man, I mean, the defense was a complete non-factor. They were non-existent. Yeah, something really interesting JP said after the game was he heard a lot of people talking about a whole revamp on, on defense and uh, going into the 4-3. Yeah, so going from our yeah, – I mean, we used to play 4-3 a while back, but, I mean, it's been a few years since we've been in the 3-4, but he said that's something he's hearing a lot of. So it's just – there's a lot of pieces that have to change on defense, and it all starts with head coach. So whoever – Yeah, it starts with head coach, starts with the defensive coordinator. I mean, I've said this ever since – I mean, even my girlfriend's told me that's ridiculous that DJ got, you know, canned for speaking out against Minuski, who has proven that he is incapable, has proven that he has a couple good games in him a season, but overall he he can't consistently coach a defense like maybe a Jim Schwartz could. You know, like he, he's clearly shown that, you know, he can he can like I said, he has his hot streak he has his hot flashes and but overall he's not a consistently good defensive coordinator in the NFL and he has the pieces on this defensive line to put together a good scheme and, and to make a good defense, but he's, he's just failed to do it. And, you know, it's sad to me that he's probably not going to be in this building in the next couple of years, maybe after this year. And we're, we're cutting guys like DJ swear. And, you know, I, I know that's old and let bygones be bygones, but at the same time, I mean, you know, we, you said this time last year that, that, you know, Minuski should have been out of the building. Oh, it's just accountability. Like if you're not doing your job, you've got to go. Exactly. If, if the Jaguars are firing, uh, what's his name, old Giants coach after, like, a year. Like, people are doing revamps on, on like, on no timetable at all. Just like, oh, you're yeah. Yeah, like, like the Giants. I mean, they're completely yeah. clean in house. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, it's better than – I mean, that's – to me, that's more admirable than, you know, teams like the Browns keeping idiots like Freddie Kitchens around who clearly don't <laughs> know what the hell they're doing. I mean, when your players are going around saying, come get me, bro, you know – and they're not cutting Odell for doing that. And there's been multiple reports confirming it. He's whispering to people after games, and they're not cutting Odell over it. 
You want to know why? Because they know Freddie Kitchens is the problem, and they're giving him maybe, which I think it's egregious and just silly to even give him another season. But you know, they know who the problem is, just like we knew who the oh, problem yeah. was. But it was easier to throw DJ under the bus than it is to throw you know the defense coordinator. But like you said, it's a lack of accountability. You know, he's not above a player. I mean, he, he's clearly shown he's just as incapable. But speaking of incapable, uh, like you said, around the league, we're a couple close calls when it comes to the first five in the draft order. Bengals and Dolphins went into overtime, also tied 35-35 overall. Thank God um, the Dolphins ended up putting the freaking dagger in them and winning. So, by that point, we had secured the number two overall pick. Um, so, let's go ahead and have the conversation that everybody else is having on Redskins Twitter right now. Um, the chaser trade back debate. What's your stance? To me, it depends, like, what we're getting offered. If we get, like – if someone like the Dolphins is offering to give us one of their late first-round picks – like, if you remember when the Bears did their god-awful historic trade for Mitch Trubisky and they gave up, like, <laughs> everything in the world, if we get an offer like that, to me, there's no way you can say no. Like, no, yeah, absolutely. But, like, what team is going to do that in this draft? That's that's the real question. Like, no, I can't really name you a team that isn't, you know, top three, that isn't already in a position to take a quarterback that is that desperate for a QB. I mean, can you think of any off the top of your head? It just depends, if anything, if, like, say the Lions lose again and, like, the Dolphins fall to, like, six or seven, they're going to lose to the Patriots, obviously. Oh, of course. Um, but if they were to, like, fall even deeper and, like, Tua does declare, they might get nervous and be like, hey, this guy might not be here because teams like, I don't know, the Panthers or the Chargers could possibly want to trade up to get Tua. Very possible. Like, I'm not banking on freaking Cam Newton and uh, Will Greer if I'm the Panthers. No, I'm not yeah. either. I mean, you got a lot of you got a lot of Panthers fans that are kind of hopeless or manics about Cam to this point. But I mean, if you're getting rid of a guy like Ron Rivera, you're obviously thinking about a rehaul, overhaul the quarterback position as well. I mean, you gotta you gotta get a new ideology in the building. You gotta start fresh, and you know that's kind of why they thought they had someone with Kyle Allen and shut down Cam for the year. I'm not saying Cam's not a good quarterback, but it's just feeling deep in my guts that he's not going to be a Carolina Panther come next year. But like you said, you know, we really don't know. I feel like that we'll know a lot more come closer to draft day and probably by the end of the season once everybody starts making their big-time business decisions. Um, now, another part about this conversation that needs to be brought to the front is that a lot of people are saying that what matters more, quality or quantity? Now, I see some people debating that, you know, Chase Young is such a quality player that that pretty much overshadows any quantity of draft picks and other positions that you can get. Do you think that's fair? I would say so. Like, it, I mean, like I said, it just depends what is offered. But, I mean, the Bears traded the number three pick, the number 67, and the number 111 pick, and a third-round pick for the next year to trade up and get Mitch. Like, if someone's offering us four picks like that, it, it's just really hard to really compare. Yeah, I mean, some deals you just can't say no to. But, I mean, you could also agree that if that those aren't circumstances and we get a lesser offer to trade, then you absolutely go chase. I mean, you but, absolutely go chase on. Once again – if we're changing our defense to a 4-3, you're talking four guys up front and three linebackers. Are you just going to rotate him on the end with Sweat? You got Ionitis, you got Payne, and you got Allen on the line. Well, going to be rotating in. I mean, you got to factor Kerrigan into this. Is Kerrigan going to be here next year? Is do you, it, Knowing you're going to get a guy like Chase Young, do you trade Ryan Kerrigan for maybe, what do you say, a second-round pick? So you get your second-rounder back, and then you can finally, you know, you got Montez a role there. You know, it's – there's a lot of questions that we can't really answer because we really don't know the circumstances yet. But, you know, yeah. definitely going into it, though, I mean, the it's, it's definitely an interesting conversation that a lot of people are having. And I feel like it's it's already blowing up on Twitter, and I feel like it's going to be there till April. So we might as well get used to it and start talking about it now. Personally, this, this I can feel go like, two ways. 
Go I ahead. Like, what you say? Go ahead. I feel like we can't really lose no matter what we do. Um, I feel like even if you don't get a guy the caliber of Chase Young, you still get a guy like Andrew Thomas. You still get a guy like Jerry Judy. You still get a chance to take pretty much a, a great player for the franchise. Um, so, I mean, I feel like we really won't lose. But like you said, if, if we get an offer that falls in our lap like that, you absolutely have to take it. But, I mean, for people to even sit here and act like Chase Young isn't that good, I mean, scouts are saying he's better than Nick Bosa, who is leading the NFL right now. And as ever, breaking record by a defensive team. Yeah, he had 69. Nice. Yeah. So, but no, I mean, it's like I said, we have a lot. There, There's two ways in my mind that this can go. We can draft perfect. Like, we come up with saying, hey, guys, this is what our defense is going to look like next year. This is like the pieces. We're going to draft Chase Young. Or we're going to just have no fucking clue what we're doing going into the draft. And we're just going to draft the best available person. And they might not be a good fit. So, like, I feel like we need to really figure out who our head coach is, who our defensive coordinator is going to be what defense we're even going to run and go from there. Because if we can trade back and still get, like, the sixth or seventh pick and still get Andrew Thomas and another, like, say, a second-round pick, we're still winning. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I have no problem with that. And, I, and Like I said, we're not losing either way. But, you know, I will say that there are certain players that when they're on the board, you just don't pass up on them. I mean, the 49ers still had a pretty good defensive line and still took Nick Bosa. I mean, we still have a pretty good defensive line. And in my opinion, you know, when's the last time the Redskins were in a position with a pick like this? And, and when's the last time we took just a generational next-level you know, talent like Chase Young. Like, sometimes, in my opinion, you shouldn't overthink things and you should just take the best player on the board. And he's the best player on the board, bar none, and it's not even a competition. Yeah, if if, if he's the best guy available, take him and just make it work. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of my stance on it. So, But, you know, the also the state of the picks in regards to, like, how this is going to play out for the rest of the year. If the Redskins lose against Dallas this weekend, they pretty much have the pick locked. But um, if we win and Detroit loses, that puts them one loss down on us so then they would get the number two pick um if the giants and dolphins win which they both have four wins right now they're pretty much out of it so this while it, right now we definitely have the lead for you know the number two overall pick we quote unquote won the battle for chase young um there's still a lot of football left to be played in this last week and there's a lot of left to be decided so we just still, still got to kind of wait it out before we finalize any draft stances um there's still gonna be plenty about that talk this offseason but you know with one week left of football a lot of games that you would think don't mean anything mean plenty when it comes to this April. So we'll kind of see how all that plays out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very hard to root against us when we're playing the Cowboys, but I mean this week, dude, I, I was very indifferent going into this game. Um, not the Dallas game, but, uh, this game against the, uh, giants. I was like, look, if we lose, we get a great pick. If we win, Dwayne plays great. And the rookies play great. Of course they, they, <laughs> of course the middle happens and I've got to pick a side. So I chose the, one of the more, hypocritical options with me being an enthusiast of we need to, you know, hope for wins for the young guys, but th- it wasn't a young guy. And so I've already wasted enough breath <laughs> on that, but other news around the league. Um, last night, the uh, Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, both seven and seven uh, battled for first place in the NFC East. Philadelphia prevailed. Um, the skip and Shannon memes ensued. Twitter exploded. Um, <laughs> it was great to see. Absolutely great to see. So, you know, congrats. I to the love Eagles. skipping. Uh... I love when Skip and uh, Shannon go at it because Shannon just lets him hear it whenever the Cowboys do bad. You could literally see him, like, tearing up. Poor Skip was just like, <laughs> oh, they're taking it. He said, when we go off the air, you're going to cry. 
I didn't That's see the only that. thing we do get out of it. Yeah. But, I mean, it wasn't definitively for the NFC East title, but, I mean, it pretty much was because, I mean, Dallas is going to have the win next week and then Philly's going to lose. So, this was pretty much for the advantage of the NFC East, but it was good to see a, uh, a team that we barely lost to last week with the Waynes, you know, get the crown. It's Nobody ever wants to see the damn Dallas Cowboys win the division. That's literally nightmare fuel for me. It happens so much, and, you know, yeah. Garrett's on the hot seat. It was nice to see Jerry Jones uh, get on his uh, walker and run out of the press box as fast as possible. So, shout out to you, Cowboys fans. <laughs> I like to talk trash. Stay humble. Um, but how amazing would it be that we just end this season knocking the Cowboys out of the playoffs at home at, in Dallas with Case Keenum? Look, man. I'm gonna, That's I'm as gonna, sweet as it gets. <laughs> I'm going to put it to you this way, right? First of all, I'm never going to root for Case Keenum to win anything. True. Second of all, if we can't stop Saquon and our defense playing that against Saquon, what do you think they're going to do for Zeke? Yeah, not going to be a good not a, not it's not going to be a good result. I mean, I know he's not having a career year by any means, but they're going to play hard and they know we're depleted. But speaking of running backs running hard, um, we got a recent report within the last hour that uh, Marshall Lynch is possibly returning to the NFL. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, apparently he's beating with Seattle. Um, he's really close to passing physical. Both are pretty much in agreement. So he's coming back. Have old number 24 back on the field. It's pretty big for Seattle. Apparently, he's going to be in lot to play against um, the San Francisco 49ers this uh, weekend for the division. Um, yeah, that's they don't when... have any running backs like right now. They just lost Penny. Yeah, they lost Carson. This was kind of a doomsday situation for them. So, it was it was, it was was a big move. Like you said, with Carson being out, that was a, that was a hell of an idea. And kudos to them for making it happen. Uh, you know, Marshawn definitely didn't leave in any bad graces. He has some of the biggest plays in franchise history and definitely was a big part of their Super Bowl runs. So, um, but speaking of the San Francisco and Seattle game, that's one of the two games that's being flexed this weekend. Um, there, I think uh, the San Francisco and uh, Seattle game is being flexed to primetime, I want to say. Yeah, so that is uh, Sunday night. It's on the 29th. It's the late game. I think it is Sunday night. Yes. And then- our game got flexed to like four thirty for whatever. Yeah, about four twenty five. So yeah, I mean it's kinda interesting. Um I mean, this game does have playoff implications for the Cowboys. It's pretty much oh, nothing. Yeah, for we us, have to be so. America's game of the week because it's the Cowboys, that's why. Oh yeah, absolutely, of course. They could, be, <laughs> they could be playing against, you know, the damn team on Friday night lights and you know, it's the America's <laughs> game of the week. So um but yeah, also around the league, RG three gonna get some reps this weekend. You know, happy for him. He's with the uh, number one seed, Baltimore Ravens, who are absolutely balling out. They had a couple of little injuries, scary injuries this weekend with Mark Ingram nicking his calf, I think. And um, Lamar got a little banged up. But overall, they're resting their starters. They clinched number one seed. Uh, first time New England hasn't had it in a long time. But happy to see Robert getting reps. Great guy. He likes a lot of our stuff. And, you know, we, we, we shout him out on the throwbacks every once in a while. So congrats, RG3. I hope you guys go all the way. You deserve ring man. You're a class act. So. But like you said earlier, one of the bigger things that's happened this afternoon revol- uh, revolving around the Redskins is um, Haskins out for the year. Um, just complete common sense decision, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Big time. I mean, it's really not much to talk about it other than that. I mean, you know, one game left. You got to go to Jerry World, play against a possibly playoff team. Um, you know, like I said, they, they need to win this game. They're going to go all out. They're going to be sending everybody after Haskins. And his long-term health is way more important than – you know, us possibly playing spoiler to the Cowboys. And, you know, that makes the whole, you know, draft position, hoping for losing debate a little easier. It makes that makes it a lot easier to pick, you know, um, Dallas coming into the game seven and eight, we're three and 12. Um, like I said, if Dallas wins and the Eagles lose, they win the NFC East. If Dallas loses and the Eagles win, Philly wins the NFC East. So it's a lot on the line here. Um, Dallas overall is pretty healthy right now. Um, Amari Cooper's, you know, 
leading the, the charge at uh, wide receiver. You know, they got your boy Gallup. You got Randall Cobb who's coming along. Um, something I didn't know this till this week, though. Amari, Amari apparently leads the NFL in drops. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy to even think about. I mean, when he came over last season, he was a huge acquisition for them. They finally started – they were finally able to start moving the ball and getting some huge plays. So, But, uh, like I said, they're they're in full form. They got everybody. Jason Witten back. Um, they freaking killed us early in the year. They got a very young, healthy defense. Leighton Andrews, Jalen Smith healthy. Demarcus Lawrence healthy. Byron Jones contract year. So, I can't really see a whole lot of weak spots on their team right now compared to ours who we're down to guys we're literally signing off the street just to avoid putting in Josh Foreman. So, it's crazy. They're seven and eight, but they're second in the NFL in passing yards per game, eighth in uh, rushing yards per game, and eighth in the league in points scored. Like, how are you? How do you have a losing record being the second best passing team in the NFL? Yeah, that makes no sense. That's like Jameis having like leading the NFL in passing with like four thousand nine hundred some yard, odd yards, and they're just got eliminated from the playoffs. So, but you know, contract year for Dak as well. So, I mean, this this is a big game for the Dallas Cowboys. But like I said, they need a lot of help. They need the I wouldn't say a lot of help, but they definitely need help. Um, they need Philly to lose and to beat us. So, I think beating us will be the easy part. Um, with that being said, my prediction of the game is I think the Redskins are going to drop maybe 14 points. I, I could picture the Cat- Cowboys dropping about 35. So, I my prediction is 35-14. Cowboys, hate to say it, hate to ever give the Cowboys any form of credit for anything, but this is a must-win game for them. They got to they gotta pull this one out in order to even have a shot at the playoffs. Uh, could be Jason Garrett's last, you know, game as the head coach of the um, – Dallas Cowboys, I doubt it. But, you know, like I said, big game for the Cowboys. I feel like they're going to show up. I feel like we're going to rest a lot of guys that we're even slightly worried about injury-wise, and we're just going to ride out this last game of the year. Yeah, if the Cowboys lose this one, Jerry Jones is going to have a damn stroke. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I'm not going to act like I think it's going to happen, but if it happens, I'm definitely going to be happy about it. Uh, it'll be a little bittersweet to the draft position, but I, I really don't – honest to God, I don't see a situation where we end up winning this game. I really don't. What, what's your prediction? No, I have us losing thirty-one seven or uh, thirty-four seventeen was my initial one. I just think their offense is going to kill our defense, and I don't think we should even play some of our key guys that have been banged up, and that might even include Lanny Collins, who had a keel injury that's been nagging him. So yeah, I was kind of surprised they even let him play this week. That kind of threw me off. I was like, oh okay, well that's bold. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like I said, man, good they shut down Haskins for the year. Um, this is a must-win game for Dallas. They're going to be sending all, everything they can, whoever's behind center for us. Um, this, this is a pretty hungry Dallas team who just lost a huge game. And you know Jerry and Jason on them getting their ears, and they're going to want to wipe the floor with us. And I don't – it doesn't make me happy that, we're, that we'll probably inevitably lose this game. But at the end of the day, you got to be real, and you got to at least – got to address reality. We're not a good football team right now, and we just lost pretty much the, our signal caller for the next 10 years for the rest of the year too. So, I mean, it's just a, a lot more trending for them than, than for us. So, it just only makes sense to think that they'll win it. But I'll definitely be happy if the latter happens, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I will never be sad against us beating the Cowboys. But never. at the end of the day, it's not likely. And I think the Eagles will beat the Giants and uh, represent the NFC East in the playoffs. Yeah, and good for them, man. You know, congrats to Wentz. Having a great year. He was able to stay healthy throughout the entire season. Good for them. You know, he signed a huge deal in the offseason. So, it's good to see him stay healthy. And I, I root for them, man. You know, he's got a chip on his shoulder since, you know, Nick kind of came in and took the reins during their Super Bowl run. So, a lot of people really question whether he's the guy or not. Um, you know, it's a lot different than Dallas where you got a guy, fourth-round pick, come in, stole a freaking battered and bruised Tony Romo's job and has had a lot of questionable, you know, play style. And a lot. there's a lot more question marks than there is affirmation when it comes to Dak Prescott. So this is also yeah. a very big game for him. Um, he's looking to be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. 
said he's not taking a hometown discount. Um, so he, <laughs> and the last time he played us, he absolutely scorched us. I think he had like 400 passing yards, around four touchdowns. So that was big, amazing. big game for Dak. Big game for pretty much everybody but us. So I mean, if we lose, you know, we're the real winners here. We got a chance to have the number two overall pick. So a little something to root for in every aspect of it. But um, all we can really do now is wait till Sunday. Yep. At the end of the day, anyone can win on any Sunday. It's just not likely. But no, we'll definitely uh, have fun watching this one. Like I said, we'll see who actually starts and who's shut down for the rest of the season, just like Haskins. Uh, but you got anything else? No, not really. Just Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, I just finished my Christmas shop around the weekend. Spent some time with my family watching Mandalorian. Just chilled out <laughs> watching football, too. So holidays are nice. I'm just going to go oh, yeah. work, get it all out of the way, and then Santa Claus comes on Wednesday. And uh, just hope everybody, you know, Top to bottom, listen to the Burgundy Breaking On podcast. We just want to say we're thankful for you guys and hope you have a Merry Christmas. Yep. It's bowl season, so watch some college games too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. God God knows Josh will be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's my slight addiction. Like, y'all got more, any more than bowl oh, games? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Josh Taylor season's inbound, guys. <laughs> yeah. But y'all definitely have a Merry Christmas. This has been The Breakdown. HTTR. Peace. Had to take a quick halftime break to tell y'all a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, so let me explain. It is absolutely free, and they give you the creation tools that you need that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast right away with no minimum on listenership, and is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app like I did or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the second half of the episode. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.